you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Amen. This is Faith Over Fear, week number two, and we're excited about um, what God is doing in us. I want us to pray first. I, I, I really like to pray before we get into the Word because it, it does a couple of things. It opens our heart and it turns on and uh, dials in the frequency in our spiritual ears to hear what God wants to say to us. And so, Father, we just thank you right now that you're speaking to us through all of this according to your Word. Lord, thank you that you bring your Word today that it stirs us up to a greater level of faith. Father, thank you that uh, your Holy Spirit is in us to lead us and guide us and speak to us right now. We give you permission to flood and fill our hearts with understanding and light from your word that leads us and guides us every moment of every day. We're sitting up on the edge of our chairs this morning, listening for a word from you. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We're hungry, hungry for the word. You may be eating breakfast this morning, I don't know. But uh, in, your, in your bowl of Cheerios or Fruit Loops or Captain Crunch, we're here. We're with you. God is for you. God is for you right there where you are. You know... Some people are are saying, wow, this is the end. This is the end. God is saying, I have much more for you to do. Don't check out now. And isn't it strange when things begin to happen like this that everyone tries to interpret it and everyone becomes a prophet, you know, they, they, they reflect back on things that people have said in the past and then they try to make sense of it and project out their opinion or things in the future or they dig in the word until they find this word or that word and it means this and it means that. And all of this comes from a desire to know a couple of things. Number one, what is God saying? What is God saying? I failed to mention that um, you can go to the notes and see the notes of this message at lifeway.church forward slash and then the, today's date, 03-29-20. And you can uh, download the notes, make notes there as you're watching or, or what have you. But people are saying two things. What is God saying? They're asking these questions, big questions, major questions. What is God saying? And number two, what is God doing? We heard it at 9-11. Where was God at 9-11? Actually, we heard it before that. Where was God in the uh, Oklahoma City bombing? Where was God? They would come out with these books. Where was God? Where was God? Where was God? At 9-11, where was God? And so people really want to know what God's saying and what God's doing. And so um, I think we have to go back to what God has said and look at what God has done. 
to determine what we're going to do. Because what is God doing? What is God saying? And, and then what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to go to the Bible. We're going to go to the Bible and we're going to do what faith does. And so today's title of the message is do what faith does. Do what faith does. And this morning we're going to look at three things that faith does. Now, that's not all the things that faith does, but I believe that there's three things that we want to bring out this morning that faith does. Faith does, number one. Faith always looks at the size of God. Always looks at the size of God. And we can see that from Numbers chapter 13. And if you study that out on how Moses sent out the spies, the 12 spies, to spy out the land and to bring back a report. This was God's promise to them, go into the promised land. Um, Sure, he said there's giants in the land, but I'll drive out the giants before you. And so Moses sent out a group of 12 people. I think it's important to remember these numbers. There were were 12 spies going into the land. And Joshua and Caleb were two of those that went in to check out the land. And they came back. And they brought abundance with them. They, they, they came back and they said, this is a land that's flowing with milk and honey. It, it is just like God said. And so they're, they're recalling this expedition into the land. When it looks like in verse uh, 28... In verse 28, the Israelites says, but, but the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large, and we saw descendants of Anak there. So they were recalling the fact that the giants were there, like, like they were saying something that God didn't already tell them. And they were bringing the news. And so I want to pause there, and let's talk about the news There's 10 of these spies that emphasized the facts, the news, the news, the bigness of the problem. The giants are big. The cities are fortified. How can we do this? How can we do this? And, you know, it always seems like there's there's 80 to 90 percent of the news is negative. I don't know that there's any station out there that broadcasts only good news or uh, Maybe factual news, but with, from a positive perspective. It seems as though, it seems as though negativity sells. People have bought into this thing that fear is, is exhilarating. And it does play in your emotions and it does suck you in. You know, we're going to tell you how to beat this COVID-19 virus if, if you come back in 30 seconds. And, and, and so it, it just brings people in. The negati- negativity of the facts, the news, just kind of sucks people in. And we find ourselves gravitating toward the facts and the numbers and the numbers and the numbers. 
the news. But look at what Caleb tried to do in verse 30. He tried to quiet them. Verse 30, it says that Caleb silenced them or calmed them down or quieted them down. And I believe that we as people of faith, filled with faith, need to begin to quiet some of the news down. We need to maybe turn off the news and not reflect so much on the numbers. Caleb tried to quiet them down, silence them down, and give them some good news. He said, hey, we we need to go up right now and conquer them. We need to go up and get the land that God promised to us. But uh, they didn't listen. Now, the Israelites heard Caleb make his statement. They heard him with their ears, but they didn't listen to or heed what he was saying. Because they continued to magnify the size and the strength of the giants. And then they began to look at how small they were compared to the size of the giants. And you can't see how big God is when you're constantly magnifying the problem. Let me stand up and say that. I didn't know how long I was going to be able to sit down anyway. You can't see how big God is when you're always magnifying the problem. People have magnified COVID-19. But pastor, but pastor, but pastor, it's a big deal. It's a pandemic. We haven't had a pandemic in a hundred years. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Those are the facts. I know. It is a big deal. And listen, I'm not by any means denying the facts and our responsibility to be cautious. Let's follow the guidelines. Let's follow wisdom. But keep your eyes on the greatness of our God. Keep your eyes on the greatness of our God. This fixation on the problem and looking at the numbers and the numbers and the numbers and the deaths only makes the problem bigger. And even though it's a big deal, and it, yes, it is a pandemic, is it bigger than God? No. Is it bigger than God? We say, we say, well, it didn't take God by surprise. But then we think, well, how's God going to do this? How's he going to solve this? <laughs> God is the beginning. He's the end. He's out there way ahead of COVID-19. He's a way, way ahead of you. He's way ahead of me. He has our steps ordered. He has our life planned for us. If we'll just follow him in faith. It takes faith to follow the plan of God. It takes faith to overcome obstacles. And listen, no matter what it's called, COVID-19 or the giants or fear or uh, 9-11 or tornadoes, God brings us through. Because we continue to look at the size of God. When the other ten says that we're grasshoppers up against the giants... Caleb and Joshua said, hey, we can take this. They weren't just looking at the size of the giants. They were looking at the size of the giants compared to the size of God. That reminds me of David. When David 
went up against Goliath. How could he ever take down Goliath? But David saw Goliath, but he saw how small Goliath was compared to how big his God was. And so that just brings us to the question, how big is your God? How big is your God? How big you see God determines how big you see yourself and how big you see the fear associated with this crisis. How big you see God determines how big you see yourself and determines how big you see the fear associated with this crisis. We have to take our eyes off of the numbers, on the news, and look at how big God is. We need to see that God has always brought his people out of crisis. Every time. He's never left his people in crisis when they turned their hearts toward him. Are we looking at the size of God or are we looking at the size of COVID-19? Are we looking at the size of God or are we looking at the size of this economic downturn or bad news? People want to jump to say recession or depression or stock market crash or failure or, you know. Are we looking at the size of God? Are we looking at all the closings and the curfews and the restrictions and the shelter in place, all the discomforts and all the sacrifices that we have to make? Are we looking at those things or are we continuing to look at the size of God? Look at how big God is. Number two, faith stands firm. Faith stands firm. What you say in the middle of the storm matters. <laughs> you know, when you say, oh, there's a storm out. Oh, there's COVID-19 out. You're not, you're not stating anything new. I mean, it's just, you're just saying what's, what's factual. We need to start saying what God is saying. We need to say what he says to the storm. We talked last week about Jesus announcing and declaring peace be still to the storm because we need peace in the middle of the storm. And what greater illustration did, did Jesus give us than when he was in the middle of the storm, he brought peace. And he looked over to his disciples and said, hey, you have faith, where's your faith? I, I don't think he was necessarily uh, uh, being harsh to them. He was just saying, hey, um, I have God in me and I'm here with you. I'd never leave you. I'd never forsake you. I would never ask you to do anything that you couldn't do. So where's your faith? Where's our faith? Faith stands firm. Part of standing is speaking. Part of standing is speaking. Psalms 91.7 says, A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Let's just look at that. Let's read Psalm 91. I think it's good. Uh, If you want my prescription for a solid faith, it's read during this time, read Psalm 91 out loud three times a day and meditate on it day and night. And Psalms 91 will pull you through this challenge. 
Psalm 91, New International Version, verse 1. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This is where we need to say, I'm the one that dwells in the shelter of the Most High, and I am the one that rests in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say in verse verse 2, in fact, it says, I will say of the Lord. I will say, Bruce will say of the Lord, He's my refuge, He's my fortress, my God in whom I trust. This has got to be wholeheartedly. You practice this. You do this. This is something you do. This is how faith stands firm. Verse 3 says, Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. The Bible even talks about pestilence. Pandemics. Disease. Verse 4, He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. Lord, under your wings I find refuge. Thank you for covering me with your feathers today, Lord. Thank you that I dwell in your shelter. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. He is faithful. God is faithful. People may have let you down all your life, but God has never let you down. He is faithful. He is faithful to you. And verse 4 says, you will not fear of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. So we will not fear. I choose to not fear. I choose to say that I will not fear. I place my trust in this word that declares because I have made God my refuge and he is my fortress. He's my strong tower. I choose to say that I will not be afraid of pestilence and plague. Now, does that mean that I walk out with with no hand sanitizer or uh, no, I'm not tempting God. This is not what this verse is saying at all. I believe we should follow guidelines, follow wisdom. Get a clue. I believe God gives scientists and doctors knowledge and wisdom. But we still say, faith and wisdom work together. We still say, I'm not afraid of pestilence. I'm not afraid of the plague. Verse 7 says, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. So we must declare that. This is the day that we must declare that. We have to believe this wholeheartedly and speak this firmly in faith. Yes. Yes. Verse 8 says, you will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra and you will trample the great lion and the serpent. Verse 14, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him and I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name and he will call on me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him, and with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So there's your promise to claim long life. Today, if you're dealing with the fear of death, claim Psalm 91, verse 16. 
God said to you that with long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. That's a promise to you today. Put your faith on it. Stand firm on it. Declare it with your mouth. Believe it in your heart. God's word always works. It never fails. It never changes. God is for you. Psalm 62.6 in the New International Version says this. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. I take that to heart and I declare, I will not be shaken. Although fear may come on the outside, on the inside, I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. Reminds me of a time that I was... Trying to get, uh, not trying to, I was uh, going to uh, get my scuba certification. And after learning and sitting in class for hours and learning how you can actually die underwater with all this stuff on you, with a tank on you. And if you, uh, you know, part of the certification was that you take the regulator out of your mouth, take your mask off, and then put it all back on and start it back up and start breathing again. 50 feet under the water. And so I remember the night before this test. And I had gone down to Florida and I was staying in this little cabin. And boy, I was was dealing with fear. Like, oh, you know. And, And But I was sure that I could swim up, you know, and hold my breath. But you don't hold your breath as you swim up from 50 feet. It is just... And so you're going through this thing in your mind. And and so... I was feeling fear on the outside, but I had peace on the inside. And when I got down to that point, I mean, it wasn't like I heard God audibly, but I heard him on the inside of me. He said, I've got you. I've got you. Enjoy this. Enjoy this. And man, I enjoyed it. It was awesome. God is with me here. God is with me 50 feet under the water. If I went down 2,000 feet under the water... I don't, you know, but I'm saying our 50,000 feet above the earth, God is with me. There's nothing to fear. Matthew 7 talks about building our house. And Jesus taught us how to build our house. He said, everyone that hears the words of mine, the word of God, and builds and puts into practice these words, then he's building his house on the, the rock And when the winds come and the floods come and the rain comes and beats against the house, the house house will stand because it's built on the rock. And so faith builds the house on the rock so that it stands firm when things are coming against it. It's time to stand firm. Do what faith does. It stands firm. A couple more scriptures about standing. Ephesians chapter 6. Talks about standing. But it doesn't say stand until you do something else. We're not ready to stand until we do something else. Ephesians chapter 6 talks about standing. It also talks about this spiritual war that we're in. Verse 10, I'm going to be... Reading from verse 10, Ephesians 6, 10, finally be strong in the Lord, the power in his mighty power, the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God. 
We said this last week. I'm going to say it again. Put on the full armor of God before you step foot out the door. Declare that you are protected by his armor. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So putting on the armor is prerequisite to standing against the devil's schemes. That's something for us to do. If we're going to stand firm in faith and do what faith does, we have to put on our armor. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, uh, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let me just point out that it's, it's not what we see that's the, uh, that's the true danger. Yes, it is dangerous outside right now, but the, the, the spirit behind this, <laughs> the fear behind this is more deadly than, than what's happening if we'll just follow wisdom and follow the instructions, what we've been told to do. In verse 13, it says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Again, twice in this passage, it talks about putting on your armor so you can stand. God intends for us to stand. It's time for us to stand. It's not time for us to cave in. It's not time for us to think that maybe God sent this to teach us something. Oh, God's doing a great thing. He's, he's drawing in every... No, God, God doesn't send calamity on the earth to draw the body to together guys now we can come together we can become stronger but it didn't take COVID-19 to do that God doesn't have disease in heaven to send on the earth to make us fall to our knees and I'm just saying there's a lot of people in the body of Christ that's believing that because they're trying to explain well why would God permit or why would God allow or did God create this come on The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If it's stealing, killing, and destroying, it is not from God. That's tweetable. (laughs) If anything is killing, stealing, or destroying, it's not from God. Say that with me. If anything is killing, stealing, and destroying, it's not from God. End of sentence, punto, basta, period, stop. God is not one day blessing the earth and the next day cursing the earth. He doesn't have anything to curse with. He sent his son who gave his life to shed his blood for our salvation. God is dealing with mankind a total different way today than he did In the Old Testament, we see. Since Jesus came, expressed the love of God and gave and shed his blood and gave his life for you. Why would a good, good, good father, we sing these songs, a good, good father, he only wants good for us. Why would we even think and believe that he would place something on us to try to teach us to get along and be unified? I do believe the body of Christ is coming together, but it's, but it's, Not that God caused this calamity to come on the earth. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand firm. Again, the Bible wants us, the, the Word wants us, the Holy Spirit wants us to stand firm. 
Let nothing move you. Nothing means nothing. That includes this disease or the next disease or the next disease after that. Our war, World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam. Don't let anything move you. Stand firm on God's word. And then it says, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. What is the work of the Lord? Blessing others. You're not here for yourself. Bless others. We're not here to hoard up supplies. We're here to bless others. Do the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So faith looks at the size of God. Number two, stands firm. And the last point here is that faith never quits. It doesn't quit. Faith doesn't quit. Everybody say, I'm not a quitter. And Paul wasn't a quitter. The Apostle Paul was not a quitter. Acts 20, verse 22 and, uh, through 24. Paul made this statement. He said, I, And see, I, 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 now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Let's pause. <laughs> Are there certain things that we don't know? Absolutely, obviously. When is this thing going to be over? How long is this going to go? Well, if they, this one said this and this one said this and there's a big contention and a big fight over who's right and who... Who knows? Who knows? And Paul didn't think that he had to know what he was going to go through before he decided how he was going to go through it. So this morning, you don't have to know how long this is going to go before you decide how you're going to go through it. <laughs> you don't know how long this is going to go. And you don't need to know how long this is going to go to decide how you're going to go through it. Don't give up. Don't give up. I don't care what it looks like. Don't give up. i got to stand up now. <laughs> don't give up. Don't ever give up. Don't back down. Don't turn around. Keep moving forward. 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 March. Forward. March. Forward. March. We're in the army of the Lord. We have our, our battle armor on and we're moving forward. God is moving forward. He's not going backward. He's not reminiscing of the good old days. No, God is moving forward. He's got a new commission for us to reach the world. Things are going great. In the kingdom of God. They might be shaken on the earth. But listen. Things are going great in the kingdom of God. And Paul had that in his heart. When he said this. I don't know the things that are going to happen to me there. Except. He did know this. That the Holy Spirit testified in every city. Saying that chains and tribulations await me. Now the Holy Spirit had prompted him. And said you're going to go through some tough times. And then he made this statement, but none of these things move me. None of these things move me. Say that right there where you are. None of these things move me. Say it again. None of these things move me. Right? When we are stable in God's word and standing firm, we, we choose not to quit. Paul says, I don't count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race 
And so we've got to keep our eyes on the finish line so that we don't quit, so that we don't grow weary in well-doing, so that we don't faint and give up. We have to declare that none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy, with joy. Quit complaining, quit grumbling, be filled with joy, count it all joy, count it all joy, again, count it all joy. We've got breath to breathe, life to live, God's got great things for you ahead. Lift up your head, see the finish line. And so Paul had to choose faith before the opposition in order to finish with joy. We're having to choose faith before the opposition or in the middle of the opposition in order to finish. You know, normally you prepare for the storm before it gets to you. And if you didn't, then it can be a mess. But listen, it's never too late to reach out and take hold of the faithfulness of God. Never too late to reach out and just take hold of God's faithfulness. Right now, right, right here, today, where you are, reach out and take hold of the faithfulness of God and declare that I'm not giving up. God's never given up on me. I'm not going to give up. And no matter what you may be facing, no matter what it looks like, remember, God is in your future. He's in your future. He didn't bring you this far to let you down. He didn't bring you this far so that you would die of COVID-19. He wants to encourage you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to heal your body. If you're experiencing symptoms right now, God wants to heal your body. I've been, I've been seeing videos, videos of people in Italy getting up and moving out of the hospital. Now, everybody's wearing masks, but the doctors and the nurses and everybody in the hospital are cheering these people as they're leaving the hospital. There are more people that are recovering from this than are dying from this. We have to remember that, guys. Or else the enemy is painting this bad picture. Don't give up. And the last scripture I want us to leave with you today is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. The Passion Translation says it like this. For we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. We live by faith. We live by faith. Do you know what? Your eyes can deceive you. <laughs> there, there are a lot of these things, you know, that they put out there on the Internet or little pictures or whatever, and you, you think you're seeing one thing, but it's another thing. Listen, eyes can only perceive what is real. But your heart knows what's real. Your heart knows the truth. Your heart knows that the word of God is true. That God has never lied. That he has never let you down. He is faithful to the end. He always sticks by you. We may run away from him, but he never runs away from us. Every time we come back, he's there. He's, he hasn't relaxed his hold on you. He will never, never, ever, ever, ever let you go. He's there for you. And faith always wins over fear. Faith always wins over fear. So today, we've got to remember that faith looks at the size of God, always looking at the size of God, magnifying God, not the problem. 
Number two, that we, we stand firm. We stand strong. We stand firm in our armor on the word of God. Faith stands firm. And number three, faith doesn't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't turn back. Don't sit down. Come on. Get up. Let's go. Forward. 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 March. Forward. March. Hip. 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 <laughs> Let's go. It's time to go. We need to determine and declare that we're going to do what faith does. Determine and declare with your mouth that you're going to do what faith does. You're going to look at the size of God. You're going to stand firm on our faith, and we're not going to give up. Amen. I want you to comment. I want you to let us know that that encourage you. Listen, interact with us. We're here for you. We're praying for you. We're believing with you. Let's pray right now. Father, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.